Hello everyone, it's DJ here. And once again, I'm going to try this without uh, a written script. I've just got a couple of bullet point notes and we'll see how this goes. So this week I'd like to talk to you about a semi-retirement option. What if you don't want to drill anymore, but you still want to either have the flexibility to perform duty when you want, or just coast for a while and then maybe come back. Well, there is an option available to you. It's called the Individual Ready Reserve. This is a, a very good option for, for some people and not a good option for others. In fact, I'll give you a story about both uh, as I go along. First, let me describe how it works and then you can make a decision for yourself. So the individual ready reserve is a non-drilling status which allows you to maintain a military status of a sort and offer the flexibility of coming back if you choose, but it's also a chance to rest, get yourself organized, all, all of those things that you didn't have time to do when you were either active duty or a drilling reservist. So. What, what's the main advantage of it? Well, as I said a moment ago, flexibility. If you're a self-starting type individual, this is a good place to be because you can bounce around to different statuses as you choose, such as you still have the opportunity to drill and earn points. You still have the opportunity to go to annual training or go to schools. You can even compete for promotion. So there's a lot of things you can still do without having to sacrifice at least one weekend a month, if not more. You can choose when you perform duty and when you don't. Now, to help along with that, there is this program called the Individual Ready Reserve Affiliation Program or IRR Affiliation Program. And, of course, since we have to have acronyms, IAP. This is not an optional enrollment when anyone goes to the IRR, at least in the Army, and that's primarily from which I'm speaking, although each component has its own version of the IRR. But when you go to the IRR in the Army, you're enrolled in the affiliation program, and uh, it's primarily a way for you to maintain communication with the military force. It's a way for documents to travel back and forth, information to travel back and forth. It's also a way to find ways to perform duty if you choose. This is not assigning you to a unit. It's, it's not putting you in a drilling status. It's just affiliating, I keep using that word, affiliating you with the closest National Guard or Reserve unit. It's just a conduit for information, nothing more. If you choose to become part of that unit, that's a different manner entirely. So, what can you actually do? Or rather, let's start with what are you expected to do? Well, when you're in the IRR, there's not a whole lot expected of you. You're expected to maintain your contact information, be relatively healthy, 
and perform one day of muster duty every year. Muster duty is essentially a chance for the component to check you out. Normally it's for a physical, a physical fitness test, updating contact information, updating other critical documents, things like that. Typically things that can all be you know, fixed in one day or less. And, and that is a paid status. In fact, when you're in the IRR itself, you, you cannot be paid. What normally happens is you are taken out of the IRR for the muster duty and placed into an actively drawing status for one day. And then when the muster is over, you're put back in the IRR. It's a big paper shuffle. So what if you want to actually, after you've gone to the IRR, what if you want to actually perform drills, go to schools, things like that. Well, that is an option. And, in fact, you can be you can be more active in the IRR than you were while drilling. You can find a unit and be attached to them. Basically, that means that you are taken out of the IRR again, put into another status, and attached to a drilling unit then you can drill for points at that point. You, uh, you won't be paid for weekend drills unless you choose to switch over to, um, I'm, again, I'm talking National Guard and Reserve here on the Army side. If you, if you choose to switch over to an actively drilling status again, then well, you're no longer an IRR individual. You are part of the Army Reserve. So if, when I get, I know this is getting all wrapped around trees and whatnot, because there are so many statuses, at least in the Army. So you please forgive me for bouncing around like I am. Sometimes it's difficult to nail down just what type of status someone is and what you can do when in that status. Anyway, so let's say that you are attached to a unit and you can drill for points. Well, just because you can't get paid for that doesn't mean you don't benefit from it. Obviously, in this game, points equal money, and the more points you have, the more points available to you when you hit retirement age. Now, if you decide I'd like the money in my pocket too, there are some options. You can choose to go to annual trainings, either with the unit to which you're attached right now, or you can be attached to another unit. You can choose to go to military schools. You can volunteer for short or long tours of active duty. You can even volunteer for mobilizations if there are any out there. There are a lot of options, so I recommend checking them out. I'm actually going to include the websites for each component's IRR component or uh, status and allow you to get your own information. I'm not going to try to make this an exhaustive review of the IRR, just an introduction. Uh, there are some handbooks that I'm including. Um, one in particular is a little bit dated. It's the Army Reserves version of an IRR handbook. Uh, it's very good information. I do recommend reading it. Just keep in mind that the correspondence course option and the, what was the other one? The, uh, the uh, annual training option 
is not available right now due to budget constraints. Well, back up. Strike that. The annual training part is not available due to budget constraints. The correspondence course uh, option, uh, unfortunately, we lost that last year due to um, regulatory changes. So you can only do correspondence courses for, for retirement points in rare instances. It's not as easy as it used to be. So other than that, excellent material in that handbook. I do recommend reading it. And there will be links in the show notes below for you to access that information. Let's carry on, shall we? All right. So I said you can volunteer for all these different statuses and continue to earn points. That is very critical when you're in an IRR status. If you are enlisted particularly, you are expected to maintain at least 50 points per year. Otherwise, you can be involuntarily separated from the IRR. If you're an officer, you're allowed to hang out a bit longer. Sometimes, well, actually not even sometimes. You're allowed to hang out a bit longer until you either resign your commission, finish your military service obligation, etc., Normally, I've seen officers are able to hang out there a whole lot longer, but everyone has their pros and cons. So, if you do not maintain 50 points, here's the story I mentioned. If you do not maintain 50 points per year, you can be involuntarily separated. I have a neighbor who chose to go to the IRR thinking it would be a good deal for him, and I had actually advised it. Maybe I should slap myself for that. I said, if you're a self-starter, this is a good way to go. Unfortunately, he turned out not to be a self-starter. After almost two years, he had not performed any drill uh, duty at all and was surprised when he got a separation order in the mail telling him he was no longer in a military component. Now, sadly, what this means is it's affected his retirement pay in the future. So if he doesn't get this fixed somehow, then his retirement pay, when it comes along in another few years, will be based on the year he was separated, not the year he actually becomes eligible for it. There's about an eight-year difference between the two. So that could mean a substantial dip in his retirement pay. Now, he was... uh, eligible for a 20-year letter. In fact, he had 30 years of service at that point. So he could have been transferred to the retired reserve, but the way the Army Human Resources Command operates, if you don't specifically ask, they will not just put you there. They'll just separate you. So that's a word of warning for some of you folks out there. Unlike the National Guard or the uh, Army Reserve, or any of the other reserve components, you don't always have a dedicated full-time staff there to assist you. So you've got to manage many aspects of your career yourself, including whether or not you still have a military status at all. So you've got to be careful here. If you're not going to maintain activity, which actually is required once you get a 20-year letter. You either maintain 50 points a year or go to the retired reserve, but that's your option. 
If you're not going to maintain activity, then please transfer to the retired reserve. Don't do the IRR. But if you are a self-starter, as I mentioned, this is uh, possibly a good idea. So let's explore some other options that are available while you're in an, a ready reserve status, an ind individual ready reserve status. <laughs> in fact, since I mentioned ready reserve, let me uh, define that term for you. There is ready reserve, which is a drilling status of some sort. And then there's inactive status. The IRR is considered an inactive status. So a lot of the military benefits you were used to having, you don't have unless you either come out of an inactive status or, well, there's no or, unless you come out of an inactive status. But I'll explain that for a few of these other benefits as we go. So let's let's look at those. Uh, you do still have an ID card while you are in an IRR status. It's not the common access card that you're used to having. It's uh, In fact, for those of you who were regular Army back in the 80s and 90s, it looks just like that. It's the green plastic ID card or laminated ID card that we used to have back then. That is now the Individual Ready Reserve card. Unfortunately, though, it just means, hi, I'm me, I have a military status. It does not mean that you have certain benefits. One of those that we're used to having is service members' group life insurance. You do not have that while you're in an IRR status. Now, there is a slight difference here. There is IRR, and then there's IRR attached to units. If you are attached to a unit and still a member of the IRR, then you will get an, a semi-annual statement from SGLI for your premiums. Yes, you still have to pay for it. If you are in a pure IRR status, then you're not eligible for SGLI and you'll have to find insurance elsewhere. Another big one is TRICARE. TRICARE you definitely do not have while you're in an IRR status. Now, if you volunteer for active duty greater than 30 days, you'll have TRICARE during that time. Or if you transfer back to a drilling status, like the Individual Mobilization Augmentee or a Troop Program Unit, Again, these are Army terms, and they simply mean a drawing status of some sort. If you are in one of these statuses, then you have the option to purchase TRICARE Reserve Select. And again, if you go active duty for a short or long tour, you have TRICARE coverage during that time, and your family as well. I'm almost done here. Don't worry. One thing I skipped over in my notes was the, some of the other statuses, some of the other drilling statuses that are available to you. There are actually quite a few in the Army Reserve. There, there's the Individual Ready Reserve. There's Individual Ready Reserve attached to units. There's Individual Mobilization Augmentee, which is like IRR. Then there's the Drilling Individual Mobilization Augmentee. In fact, I put a handbook for those guys in the show notes as well. Um, you've also got 
true program unit uh, in the National Guard. We call that M-Day. It just means a drilling soldier. Don't worry about the terminology. All of them just mean drilling or non-drilling soldier. Service member, I should say that. This is a joint uh, channel, so I should not say soldier when I'm talking to airmen and Marines and Coast Guard members, so sorry for that slip. All right. Anyway, to sum all this up, if you are not wanting to be an actively drilling soldier anymore and you are a self-starting type individual, if you just need a break, I do recommend the IRR as an option for you. But if you are not the self-starter type, know yourself. Uh, if you're not the self-starter type, this is a, a potentially... You know, hazardous might be an, an exaggerated term to use, but it could be a detrimental status for you if you're not a self-starter. So if you are not of that type and you're eligible for transfer to the retired reserve, that might be the way for you to go. And if you aren't sure which status applies to you, then drop me an email, drop a comment in the comment section, and maybe we can figure it out. But overall, I think this is a good opportunity for people, and it uh, has certainly paid off for some, I know. In fact, one other story. I said I'd give you a pro and a con. I had knowledge of one, well, several at this point, individuals who went to the IRR and actually found units to which they could be attached. Eventually, they changed over to an actively drilling status, a troop program unit status, got promoted, earned hundreds of additional retirement points. As a result of that and the promotion, significantly increased their retired pay. In fact, here's one that really surprised me when I saw it. There was one individual who was a staff sergeant or a pay grade of E6, for, for those civilians out there, that's, you know, mid-level of the enlisted grades, of the sergeant grades. And he switched over to the Army Reserve. And now this is after being non-retained by a selection board, so he could not come back to the National Guard at all. But he switched over to the Army Reserve, commissioned as an Army nurse, and again, for you civilians out there, commissioning means he became an officer. And he eventually reached the rank of lieutenant colonel, or 05. And that is, as much as O5s um, might not like to hear it, that's mid-level in the officer ranks. Mid to, you know, high mid-level, we'll say that. They're not general officers yet, but they're certainly pretty senior as far as... Uh, most officer ranks go. So this person did extremely well for himself. He almost tripled his retired pay as a result of changing statuses and, of course, changing his rank class. So bravo to him for that uh, additional work and essentially having a, a career after he left his military, his first military career, he started a second and did even better for himself in the end. So that was a rather interesting thing to see. And that was just the first one I saw. I have since then seen several people who have done that. And 
this just shows the potential if you're one who can continue to drive yourself beyond just getting up for drill every other month. Or I say, I almost said every other weekend, which is what it's been for me lately. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, if, you, if you're a self-starter, this can be great. If you're not, you might want to consider something else. Well, enough of my repeating that over and over. I think I've harped on it enough for one day. Uh, if you have questions, please let me know. Post them in the comments section or drop me an email, and I'll be sure to answer them for you. As always, I thank you for being part of this audience. I thank you for your service, and I hope you have a great day.